Bumming down poinsettia, chapter three. Red ass. I woke up the next morning about 10 a.m., the night after the scream. I heard some chatter between Mark and a girl in the living room, so, well, that kind of got me up and at him, so I opened my door to investigate. Mark was sitting on the couch drinking coffee. As usual, he was shirtless, this bare feet up on the coffee table, watching excerpts from the Night Stalker trial on TV. Standing just inside the front doorway of our home was the beautiful Jessica Boyd. Mark had mentioned Jessica a few times. She was a 17-year-old girl who was staying in the double-wide trailer next door with her aunt. She had come out from Richmond, Virginia. Jessica's appearance was so striking, I just stood there in absolute wonderment when I saw her. She was gorgeous. Her long, stringy black hair stuck up and down in every direction like a palm tree. Her snow-white skin accentuated her black painted eyes and dark burgundy lips. Black leather jacket hung off her narrow shoulders, covering her flat chest and a Hanoi Rocks t-shirt. The bottom of her black skirt revealed striped leotards wrapped snug around her slender legs and combat boots to complete the ensemble. I was totally captivated. As I stepped out towards the table, she looked over at me and smiled. Good morning, Stanley. He lives, Mark laughed. I smiled, pulled a chair out, and sat down. Before my ass could even hit the cushion, Jessica was firing off questions. How'd you like the scream, Oklahoma boy? Loud, I smiled as I plopped down. I'd never seen anything like it. Her lips pursed to one side of her mouth with a smile. She was so damn cute. I mean, it was tough seeing through all that shit she wore, but I could tell there was still a really good-looking young woman under there. Yeah, you got teeth broken, the mosh pits and everything, Mark chimed in. Yeah, thanks, Mark, I said. Yeah, you don't see shit like that on the farm, she said, while leaning down to pull a cigarette out from an open pack on the coffee table near Mark's feet. No, ma'am, I smiled. Mark immediately burst into a hard belly laugh. (laughs) Jessica stood upright, extinguishing the flame of a match by whipping it up and down. She was smiling, but there was also a look of intrigue on her face. Ma'am? She questioned as she blew cigarette smoke to the side of her head. No shit, Mark. Can I borrow your Bible belt? <laughs> I, the truth is, that's about all I remember from the first meeting with Jessica. Like a typical young man, the entire time she stand there conversing with Mark and I, all I could think about is what it'd be like to have sex with her. <laughs> I mean, as crazy as her appearance was, and by Oklahoma standards, it was pretty fucking far out there. I was so attracted to Jessica. I mean, she was just unlike any girl I'd ever met back home. Even the so-called wild girls where I grew up were fucking tame by comparison in the looks department. I mean, I really liked her. She was so genuine and unafraid to be who she was. I like that. It was that very confidence that attracted me. (laughs) Still, I mean, I wasn't even sure how to have sex with somebody like Jessica I mean, I was too intimidated, and it was just a curiosity, but if there had ever been some long-distance shot in hell that I ever went to bed with a young woman like that, I wondered if it would be any different. I mean, I didn't know. How the fuck do you fuck a girl like that? (laughs) Didn't have a clue at the age of 18. I mean, with all the belts, chains, laces, buckles, and layers of clothing, it should take me 12 minutes just to get her ass naked. 
After 20 minutes or so, Jessica left the house to make the journey back over to her aunt's place. She bounced out the door onto the steps of her double wide. There was a woman walking by with her little dog. <laughs> I mean, it was funny because Jessica just bounced down right off her front steps. The woman left the woman no time to migrate to the other side of the drive. I watched the old woman cinch up the leash with both hands. Dog was yapping and lurching. <laughs> I mean, Jessica was sweet. She was like, hi. Unfortunately, it didn't help. The old woman remained silent, and her dog just went dog ear. I laughed a little bit as I watched the dog snap and jump towards Jessica as she disappeared around the west side of her aunt's trailer. I was smitten with her. So the next couple of months were fairly interesting. Mark and I would carpool to American Ensign in his car. Yay! He didn't like riding in mine. No, especially with all them fucking boxes. By the way, I got roaches in my car. Yeah, I had to roach bomb my fucking car. Mark and I would carpool to American Ensign, and I continued to work my ass off in the file room. Got a little boring down there because, you know, I'd run out of shit to do. Victor the Constrictor stopped trying to sabotage my work. I stopped trying to piss him off, and in a way, we kind of became friends. Kind of. I mean, we became friendly enough that I went to one of his jiu-jitsu classes with him. I just had to see it for myself, you know. Victor's instructor claimed to be a student of Bruce Lee. I think he had some pictures of him and Bruce Lee. I mean, I wanted to believe it, but I had my doubts. I'm sure most instructors make the claim that, you know, hey, I studied under Bruce Lee. You know, meeting Bruce Lee at the supermarket doesn't make you a student. But anyway, he could have been a Bruce Lee student. I never knew one way or another if that was true. Anyway, I went to one class with Victor. I went from street brawling to jiu-jitsu. I could only handle one class. I just wasn't impressed by any of it. I didn't like bowing and kneeling to shit I didn't understand, and nobody would explain anything to me. Yeah, the answers I got were vague at best, so I just didn't go back. Also, it wasn't long before I got Victor's job promotion. Hey! All that hard work I'd done cleaning up the file room ensured me a really good position upstairs. I thought they would have moved me up to documentation at first. That would have been the logical spot. I mean... That department created the folders for the bill of ladings and inventories. Seemed like that would have been the next step, but Cheryl moved me right over into the billing department. It was a big deal. I got a desk, computer, permit to park downstairs in the garage, and my friend Juan became my immediate supervisor. (laughs) I couldn't believe it. At 18, I never could have gotten a job like that back in Oklahoma. I mean, I had typing and computer skills. But I didn't have a high school diploma. Without that damn degree, employers, they won't even talk to you. Fortunately, I had just enough bullshitting skill to glide my ass right into a desk job in Long Beach, California, without raising any red flags. <laughs> Typing class finally fucking paid off. Aside from work, my new home, there was my family back home in Oklahoma. I hadn't called him before because I simply didn't have any money to call. I could have reversed the charges, but they didn't have any money either. So I didn't call. Fortunately, Mark had a phone. After a few days, I finally got the nerve to ask him if I could use it. He laughed at me and said, you live here. Yeah, you're going to pay half the bill, asshole. I hadn't spoken to anybody in a fucking month. When I called home to mom... 
my son was staying with her, and my young first wife had taken off with another guy in town. Who can fucking blame her, I thought to myself. I had a pity party, and I called some friends to confirm what Mom told me. Yeah, it was true. I'm not going to write any more about it, though, because it's not fair to her or my son, okay? I mean, this story alone touches up on my own fuck-ups. No need to pile on to it. We were so damn young when we got married, it was damn near impossible. Inevitable. The marriage was going to fail. We were both so ignorant on how to take care of ourselves. We simply chose to not take care of ourselves or the marriage. My, my little boy was the one who paid for it. Anyway, I, I felt real sorry for myself. Cried like a pussy when I found out my son's mom was living with someone else. And then something dawned on me. I wasn't crying because I was really hurt as much as I was crying because it was my fucking pride. My son was in great hands. My mom was looking after him, and I was grateful for that. During that short period of absolute ignorance, self-pity, I, I completely humiliated myself by making a pass at Jessica. Yeah, 17-year-old lived next door. I was 18. She was 17. I'm pretty sure alcohol was involved. Mark and I had run to the liquor store, you know, across Lakewood Boulevard. Yeah, we loaded up with lots of Andre that night. You bet. Jessica came over soon after we got home from work, and the three of us proceeded to cabaret, getting torn down by doing vodka shots and drinking bottles of Andre, yeah, the beer of champagnes. Jessica had showed up dressed down a tad. I liked it. She was barefoot in a pair of black jeans and an old New York Dolls t-shirt. I love that she wasn't as dolled up as she usually was in the night she went out. Her raven hair lay splashed across the side of her face and collarbone. Her skin was like porcelain. I mean, I could kind of make out a small scar that was under her left eye. Looked like a surgery scar. It only added to the appeal. She was really cute. She lounged around with her legs hanging over the side of the couch. T-shirt was kind of short, so I could see up it. Yay. Time to time, between vodka shots, she'd throw her tiny bare feet up in my lap. I was just happy she was comfortable enough with me to do that. Throughout the evening, I stayed focused on everything she had to say. She's really quick and made me laugh. She, in turn, asked a lot of questions about why I'd come out from Oklahoma. Unfortunately, almost everything I told her was either an embellishment or a flat-out fucking lie. I did that because I felt I had to. I convinced myself that she simply wouldn't like me if she knew who I was, so I bullshitted. When I felt the perfect opportunity to make a move on Jessica had arrived, I took it. Mark went to the bathroom to take a shit or a piss or something, but he was out of the room for a few minutes. So I asked Jessica if I could speak with her privately in my room. She agreed. Sure, she exclaimed, hopping up from the couch. She grabbed my hand. We held hands and walked to my bedroom. I like that. I might have already had an erection. I don't know. <laughs> I led her to my room and stepped inside, turned to the foot of the bed. She stopped just inside the bedroom door. Could you close that, I asked nervously. She gave a sharp nod and delicately closed the door with both hands. Yeah, she whispered. Something wrong? No, no, everything's okay, I mumbled nervously. Um, I was just wondering, as I spoke, her eyebrows, you know, kind of perked up. Anticipation of what I had to say it made me 
Made me feel like a scared kid <laughs> confessing. After a few seconds awkwardly shifting my weight from one leg to another, I just let it fly. Do you have a boyfriend, Jessica? Her face lit up with a big smile, accented by two small dimples. A boyfriend? Um, kind of, she began. I mean, I do, but not really. Kind of. Hey, that was promising. Feeling a little more emboldened, I open up and push a little further. I just think you're really beautiful, Jessica. And I really like, um, no, Stan, she said, cutting me off, smiling. I don't think you and me fucking around in here while Mark's sitting in the living room would be too cool. I look down and a little embarrassed. The reject, maybe it's the Andre. The rejection really didn't hurt as bad as I thought it would. I like you, Stan. I just don't think we need to be doing that right now. I smiled, looked right back up at her. She was really sweet. You're right. I shouldn't have asked. That was dumb. Dumb. Shot back, putting her hand on the doorknob. She's not a good idea. Realizing the magnitude of what I'd just done, not wanting it to fuck up the rest of the night before she could turn the doorknob I stopped her hey look would you not say anything to Mark no Stanley she replied it's really not a big deal okay I said throwing my arms in the air thanks Jessica she smiled back and winked before opening the door thanks for wanting to fuck me in Lakewood. I fucking loved it there, man. I seriously thought about flying back to get my wife and kid when we were forced to move out of the trailer in Lakewood. Mark's folks had decided to sell the double wide and they sold it right out from fucking underneath us. Damn it. (laughs) They were sweet folks. I'm not really pissed. We were forced to find another place to live. I was just disappointed. I really liked it there. Oh, well, fuck it. By then, Mark and I had become best friends, so eh, going our separate ways just didn't seem practical. We decided to remain roommates, find new digs to share. Mark knew the area better than any of us, and we were on a budget, so I trusted Mark to find the new digs. went scouting on his own one Saturday afternoon while I sat back at a trailer and listened to the Smith-Morrissey Marathon on K-Rock. After a few hours, he come home, he announced he had found a new home for us. It was cheap, not too far from work. The Don Dominguez Apartments, Carson, California. It may as well have been in Compton. I mean, it's close enough. The complex set right off the south side of the 405 San Diego Freeway and Main Street. Los Angeles. It was an older, outdated Class C complex, but really not too bad. I mean, it was clean, well-maintained, right next to a golf course. Eh, It sucked ass by comparison to Lakewood. Still, it was an affordable $600 a month for a two-bedroom. Mark and I had the second-floor apartment with a balcony furthest west facing the courtyard. At first, I fucking hated it. I mean, it wasn't enough that the neighborhood was kind of shitty, but my bedroom window faced 
the San Diego freeway and that fucking Goodyear blimp launch pad. You get that, folks? My bedroom window faced the constantly never-ending traffic-filled 405 freeway and the launch pad of the Goodyear blimp. The locals called an airship. Fuck it. It's a blimp. And let me, let me make something perfectly clear, okay? The constant, ongoing traffic sirens, helicopters, gunshots, screams, and car wrecks didn't keep your ass flinching and twitching in bed all fucking night. That blimp would blow your balls off. Being totally serious here. My family back home felt that shit. First nights at the Don Dominguez Apartments was interrupted by a relatively bad wreck up on the 405. We are in the living room listening to Mark's Midnight Oil CDs, and while the accident on the 405 was so loud, we heard it from the living room with the stereo on. I had no real medical training to speak of. Hey, that didn't keep me from reacting. I bolted out our apartment like a paramedic down the stairs, past the carports, over the high chain link fence, uh, cross the freeway on ramp up onto the freeway to help. As a matter of fact, I was the first person on the scene. What the hell was that all about? Really nice sedan. I can't remember if it was a one or two car, but a nice sedan to flip up on the side. Foolishly, I jumped right up on the side of the car and looked down the driver's side window. The heavy set middle aged woman who'd been driving was hanging. You know, slung over her seatbelt and halfway up ended her butt was right up in the, you know, window of the driver's side. Her head was down in the passenger seat screaming, yeah. I can make out a pretty good gash over her eye, but it wasn't bleeding too bad. But, yeah, she was screaming fucking loud. Kept telling her, trying to tell her I was there, I'm there, okay, we're going to get you out. And the screaming did not stop. Maybe I just didn't understand I mean, the way that woman was screaming, you would have thought someone had dropped a fucking cobra in her lap. I can't remember what I used to smash the window or if somebody else did it, because at that point, I think there was a guy or two next to the car, but uh, I, it got broke just the same, and I was able to use my knife to cut the seatbelt and hoist her ass up partially up through the driver's side window, and then I took the pressure off the seatbelt, we unclicked it by hand, and we got her out over the top, yeah. Of course, she was screaming right in my fucking ear. Long story short, I was... Yeah, shit-faced. Some guys who stopped, you know, helped me get her out of the car. And once I hopped down, the lady grabbed onto me and wouldn't let go. Seriously. I mean, I was just a scrawny. I didn't even have a shirt on. I was in a pair of pants, barefoot. But she continued to scream. I looked down back at the apartments from which I'd come. Mark was standing in the uh, drive in front of the carports here on the other side of the chain link fence. When he saw me look over, he waved, tilted my head up in acknowledgement. About the same time, a police officer walked up out of nowhere and asked me to stay a bit to help keep the lady calm. Have you been drinking? The officer asked. Yes, sir, I slurred. I ain't driving, though. I run from my apartment over here, I emphasized, pointing down to Don Dominguez. The officer looked down towards the fence, and Mark waved again. Oh, okay. Well, just stay here for a second until the paramedics get here instructed before walking off. I really wish that lady would have shut the fuck up just for a second. You don't have to keep crying. 
It's over. It's been over for five fucking minutes. I just stood there with my arms wrapped around her shoulders. Yeah, she cried. Suddenly, a police car rolled up out of nowhere, right in front of us. An officer snapped a picture of me and the woman as we stood there. I don't know what the fuck that was all about. It was weird. Took me off guard. The flash blinded me, too. There goes the dumbass pose I'll never get back. Another thing Mark and I like to do to pass the time there at the Don Dominguez Apartments was, well, we made the most of our mildly uncomfortable living conditions. Our balcony faced the courtyard, so we'd made a habit of sitting out there in lawn chairs drinking beer. It was Thursday night, too. That was our Thursday night routine. We'd ice down beer before work. That way, when we got home, all we had to do was get out of work and head out to the balcony. We love watching other tenants congregate down in the courtyard. I mean, there was, there were some real characters out there. There was one guy in particular we got a hell of a kick out of. I mean, he was he was a 30-something-year-old white dude with platinum white hair, a real thick mustache, real light yet tan skin. We know that because he rarely wore a shirt, but he always had on a pair of sunglasses. Seriously. The shades, yeah. The entire time Mark and I lived there, I cannot remember a single solitary moment I ever saw the guy not wearing his sunglasses. It didn't matter that it was dusk or dark. Shades stayed on. He wasn't blind. He'd strut around in the courtyard like he had the biggest dick in the hen house. Night after night, I guess he's probably about five, 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 six, something like that. Night after night, Mark and I, we watched this guy, and it was really amusing. He'd be running around out there in the courtyard in his work boots and his blue jeans, no shirt on, platinum white hair, all feathered back and blowing in the wind. Oh, his skills with the ladies were sweet. From time to time, they'd look over in his direction, and he'd start running his mouth. About all I ever heard were sarcastic remarks and a lot of bluster. Anyway, one of his friends would throw a football and he'd go wind sprinting across the courtyard in the grass. Oh boy, them boots and Levi's just catch the past and strut around as if he had just caught a TD on national television. It was pretty silly. His white hair would dance about wildly. He'd try to catch frisbee passes between his legs and shit. He'd miss. He'd bounce off his narrow ass. And then he had bitched his friend for not throwing it right. Yeah, he was a dick. <laughs> Mark and I had nicknamed him Albino Macho. Well, as usual, two of us are kicking it on the balcony, drinking beer one Thursday night. Albino Macho was playing football with friends, showing off for the girls at the picnic table. I looked up just in time to see a really good-looking young woman, dark complexion, emerged from her first-floor apartment on the opposite side of the courtyard. I noticed her immediately. She walked out on her back patio wearing a pair of gray gym shorts and a sweatshirt. She, she looked Latin. Her skin was bronze, and her wavy brown hair was about midway down her back, all the way on the other side of the courtyard, but I could see it. She had really nice legs. Furthermore, she appeared to be staring directly at me and Mark. Wow. Is she looking at us? I mumbled to Mark. Mark looked up from his book, took a swig of beer, and lit a cigarette. Yep, looks like it. 
No sooner had he said that, she began walking towards us. Now, she didn't follow the sidewalk that outlined the courtyard. No, this beautiful young woman deliberately walked right across the grass, down the very center of the lawn where people were playing catch. She cut them off, forced them to stop. I got my attention. She commanded the courtyard. Yeah, all these older guys. She looked to be in her teens, early 20s, and, yeah, she was running the show. I could tell she was really attractive, well-endowed young woman. Wow. I mean, I was enthralled by the sight of her, mainly because, well, I hadn't been laid in a long time. (laughs) Okay, so I was intrigued by the nerve she had just to walk right out there in front of everybody the way she had had. I mean, the guys were playing catch, and they were catcalling and shit, but she just shot them the bird, flipped them off, kept walking right on towards us. Oh, fuck, here comes trouble, Mark said. I smiled. Upon saying that, he got up and proceeded to go back inside the apartment. I'm going to my room to read my book. I looked at him and smiled before turning back to her. She had nearly completed the journey across the lawn. A couple of the guys were still yelling at her, and at the very last moment, she turned towards them, threw both her fists up above her shoulders in a flexing gesture. I had no idea what in the hell that was about. But when she turned around, she was looking directly at me. Hi, she said. I stood up from my lawn chair and looked down at her over the balcony rail. She reached beneath her long brown hair and pulled a cigarette from behind her ear. You got a lighter? Without question, I fumbled through my pockets. Yeah. I tossed it down. She lit her cigarette. I was leaning over the rail of the balcony in anticipation of her tossing the lighter back up. But instead, she twisted it between her fingers, looked back up at me and smiled. I'll bring it up. A little exasperated, I watched as she turned the corner of our building heading towards our stairs. Nice ass. I have to admit to have been really taken back. I mean, this was as forward as any girl I'd ever been with back in Oklahoma, and I'm not kidding. It really kind of took me off guard. I wasn't going to set the deadbolt. but she had just invited herself up to the apartment. I didn't even know her fucking name. (gasps) Part of me believed she was just being friendly neighbor. I mean, I was just a sprat 18-year-old redhead from Oklahoma who never considered himself that good-looking. Well, Mark had retired to his room and shut the fucking door. She was on her way up, and I was going to have to deal with it on my own. After a moment or two, she knocked, and I opened the door. She was everything else. I mean... Hi, she said as she handed me the lighter. Hi, I responded, somewhat excited. Without warning, she stepped right past me and entered our apartment. I hadn't invited her in. She had just walked in with the same vigor she had used to cross the courtyard. Hello? I uttered as she walked by. It was so damn weird that she just walked in like that. But, I mean, I wasn't bitching. As her body passed mine in the doorway, I picked up on a light scent of a real nice body wash like she'd just come out of the shower (sighs) she was easy on the eyes she glanced back over her shoulder as she walked in looking towards my room and mark's closed door where'd your friend go she inquired in a soft voice i cleared my throat and followed her she sauntered across her living room looking at the various pictures we had had hanging on the walls um mark my roommate he just went to go lay down and read his book he's tired 
I finished the sentence just as she stopped right in front of her couch, extended that beautiful bronze leg, did a lazy pirouette, and planted herself on the sofa. Without hesitation, I went back out on the balcony, pulled the small ice chest Mark and I had had out there. Eh, I cracked a couple of beers, give her one of mine. I take it she live over there in the courtyard? She nodded her head while she took a sip of beer. I'm Stan. What's your name? Angela, she replied before taking a hit on a cigarette. How long you been here from Oklahoma? I smiled and winced at the same time. What? Brown eyes lit up and her grin broadened. Oklahoma, how long you been here? How do you figure I'm from Oklahoma, I asked, a little defensive. I saw the license plate on your car. Oh, <laughs> yeah, I reacted with a scratch on the chin. That was fucking embarrassing. Yeah, I'd only been driving around a car with a fucking Oklahoma plate on it. I came out a few minutes ago. You from here? She dropped back against the couch, flicking the ash of her cigarette in one of the ashtrays on the end table. Uh-uh. I'm from Inglewood. Strategically, Angela moved to her right, creating a space for me on the sofa closest to the sliding glass door. Come up here and sit by me, she said, patting the seat cushion. It was getting darker outside, so I got up. I locked the balcony door and sat down next to her. Respect, this young woman was just going through the motions. I mean, she saw me. She saw dollar signs. She didn't see dollar signs in the sense that I had any money because I didn't. But she must have seen the um, opportunity to, yeah, make a bunch off my dumb ass. And that she would. As we were sitting on the couch at one point, Mark emerged from his room to get another beer. Being the great guy Mark was, he walked over, introduced himself to Angela right away. Must have stunned him to see me sitting there with her in our living room, but he didn't say anything. There's a real good chance he probably saw what was going down and might have known what was coming, but he had also known me long enough to know that I'd have never listened to him. Therefore, Mark said nothing. I have to emphasize once again that Angela, in hindsight, was just going through the motions. I can say that with a high degree of certainty now. <laughs> she knew exactly what she was doing long before that gaze she gave me from her back patio. Angela had an agenda, and at that moment, I hadn't a clue. Her visit had been completely premeditated, but all I saw was an attractive, highly attractive Latina yeah, great legs, incredible ass. That's it. Mark was back in his room. Yeah, it was getting dark outside. We kind of turned the lights out and we're sitting there in the living room and hadn't even been an hour yet. Not even an hour had passed before she fell backwards onto my lap, pulled me down, and we kissed. God, it was good. I needed it. It was real good. This young lady was completely different from any other young woman I had ever been with. I mean, all I'd ever known was the average Caucasian Oklahoma cowgirl. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't a bad thing, but I'd just never known anything other than that. Angela and I made out pretty heavy for a few minutes. My hands wandered a little bit. Not crazy, but a little bit. And I'm not writing penthouse letters, so I'm not going to go into the explicit detail shit, but something did happen worth mentioning. Angela was beautiful figured. I mean, very well endowed up top, so at one point during our makeout session, 
That's where my hand ventured. I let it slide over the top of her sweatshirt before cupping her breast. Without breaking from the kiss, she reached up and grabbed my hand. Yeah. Well, initially, I thought, okay, that's cool. Just like past experiences of girls back home, I'd assumed I was moving too quick. There'd be no fondling. You know, back home, you had to have at least half a dozen interludes or more before being allowed to have intimate contact with body parts. Yeah. Depending on the girl, of course. I wasn't back home, though, and... Well, I was in for a shocker. I hadn't even known this girl an hour. Indeed, Angela moved my hand from her breast, but then one steadfast motion pushed it down her shorts between her legs. I couldn't fucking believe it. Seriously, an hour earlier, this lovely young woman had been standing on her own back patio. Now she was lying across my lap with my hand on her front patio. Holy shit! I was so glad Mark didn't come outside. I was so glad he stayed in his bedroom with the door closed. Yeah. We made out for several more minutes until she asked me to lead her to my stupid-ass, dumb, shitty fucking bedroom with a twin bed. I led her there. And she took over. And it was great. It was fucking awesome. It was nearly one o'clock in the morning. She finally stretched up. She'd been curled up next to me in bed. We kissed. I have to go, baby. Okay, I whispered before setting up with her and turning on the lamp. God damn, was I white. Holy fuck. The soft glow from the lamp next to my bed revealed that I was obviously the whitest white boy on the fucking planet. My legs glowed like snow. I mean, in contrast to her smooth amber skin, I look like a fucking ghost. (laughs) Angela slid off the side of the bed onto her feet. Before she could turn back around, I pulled the sheet back up over my legs. I mean, my legs made albino macho look like Estrada. We talked while she got dressed. I have to admit, I like watching her stand there naked in my room. After putting her shorts on, she pulled out a small plastic bag from the pocket. You want a bump? I really didn't know what I was looking at. A what? A bump. She repeated while pulling a Budweiser mirror off my wall. A hit. I really didn't know what the hell I was looking at or what she was talking about, but I pretended like I did. Sure. I stood up real quick, slipped on my jeans. Is that crank? She pulled a Budweiser mirror off the wall of my room, lay it at the foot of my bed. Give me your driver's license, she demanded, sticking her hand out. I pulled the wallet from my back pocket and handed it to her. She then carefully used my Oklahoma driver's license to scoop out a small portion of the beige powder onto the mirror. I watched as she crunched up and drew out small lines of what looked like crunched up ice or glass. Is that cocaine? I asked, kind of nervous. It's all coke, she shrugged while skillfully working the powder. This is better. This is crystal. Under her instruction, I'd remove the guts of a ballpoint pen in the kitchen and cut it in half with a steak knife. Went back to my room and 
I watched the line of the powder disappear from the mirror as Angela inhaled it. She threw her head back and rubbed the top of her nose while I stood somewhat intrigued a couple of feet away. Come here, baby, she said, extending the empty tube to my hands. You do the other one. I knelt down alongside of her. Do I snort it or just like you're breathing through your nose, she instructed. Having said that, awkwardly, I positioned myself over the mirror and inhaled, but before I did, I exhaled and blew the crystal all over the mirror. <laughs> yeah, lines scattered everywhere. Whoa, whoa, take it easy, she giggled while using my license to redraw the line. You have to cover your other nostril. After a second attempt, the crystal was sucked straight up into my nose. It took about two seconds for the burn to begin. I thought my fucking sinuses had been hit by a blowtorch. I mean, I leaned back the way Angela did, but no way in the same composure. The spot between my forehead and nose felt like it was on fucking fire. Oh, what the fuck did I snort? Small tears escaped the corner of my eyes. Aww, she said, rubbing the top of my shoulders. You're a baby. It'll stop in a second. It took more in a second, but after a few... Ugh. Could taste it down the back of my throat real good. By the time the two of us had taken turns to go to the restroom and we finished getting dressed, then I decided to walk Angela back over to her apartment. During the course of the walk, Angela asked me for a ride in my car with the Oklahoma license plates. Can you give me a ride across town here in a couple of days? Sure. You don't have a car? Oh, my mom uses it to go to work. Oh, okay. Yeah, no problem, I agreed. I got Angela to her apartment. We kissed goodnight, and I watched her go inside and lock her door. I skipped back over to my apartment, feeling better than I'd ever felt in my fucking life. What I didn't realize, though, is I just made a commitment to a street-savvy Puerto Rican gal who had lived in Los Angeles her entire life. I was getting ready to go from the position of billing clerk at American Ensign in Long Beach, California, to red-headed dope mule in Compton, California. Thanks for listening to the Bombing Down Poinsettia right here on the Stand the Joke Man Show. Chapter 4, next Wednesday night. That's right, Bombing Down Poinsettia, 8 p.m. Right here on the Stand the Joke Man Show. We'll see you Friday, high noon.